I have to do a recant, Shane. I have to retract a statement I made publicly. Which one? The one about my wife not liking Mexican food. She does, in fact, like <laughs> Mexican food. She just does not like the onions and bell peppers. Well, that's in everything. It's in all Mexican food. <laughs> I know. She just wants me to set the record straight that she does like Mexican food. In fact, we had burritos and tacos the other night. What, white people burritos and tacos? Or? Yes. There's no onions. <laughs> that, no doesn't, that doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I just, I, I told her I would. Let it be known. So there we oh, go. I still don't trust her. <laughs> <laughs> No. If you just got meat and cheese on your burrito, you might as well call it a burger, man. I don't know. <laughs> got the old taco burger. <laughs> I mean, I like mine with onions, tomato. I like to put a little lettuce in there too, you know. Bell peppers, maybe even some mushrooms and stuff like saute that. Oh, I made quesadillas out on the griddle tonight. Oh hell, man, that sounds pretty good actually. Steak and chicken and. Sauteed onions and did some tropical sauce on them. Oh, oh man, that sounds <laughs> delicious. Yeah. Did you get that thin slice steak? No, I got, uh, I did chunks of some kind of cut. I can't even remember what it is, but just softened it in the crock pot for like six hours mm. and then shredded it and then threw it on the griddle and crisped it up. Oh, shit. Oh, that All sounds right. good. <laughs> mm. That sounds good as fuck. Man. We're having gourmet chili dogs for dinner. <laughs> I had chili dogs last night. They weren't gourmet. It was Hormel. But <laughs> yeah, that's what ours are. <laughs> we uh, got the finest of the finest. Oh, uh, no Kroger that's brand for us. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be honest. Like, I bought canned chili from Aldi's, right? Because when I do chili dogs, I use canned chili. I don't make homemade chili and stuff because it's... Screw it, it's chili dogs, right? All right. I bought this canned chili, and I can't even remember the name of it, from Aldi's. And it tasted exactly like dog food. Like, Was it in a blue can? I, I believe so. Yeah. It's Armor Chili, I think. I, I, uh, I feel like I, that, that was probably the name of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's absolutely fucking disgusting. Yeah. Like... We, Mm-mm. We had that. We did. We bought it one time. I said, "We'll never buy that shit again." Dude, I was I was so mad. I got my hot dogs ready, all that. Started making up the chili. I took one bite of the chili, and I'm like, "Up oh, there it goes." I'm just eating regular hot dogs. I threw uh, yeah, scrape all the chili off. I threw that whole can <laughs> away. Like I'm like, uh, right. We did the same thing. Usually, usually Aldi's pretty damn good, and we did the same thing. We got the chili from there. It's like, oh no, that's one of those things you just can't get there. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I mean, I have no issues with Aldi's. I mean, I shop there, you know, as much as I can. Meats at a cheaper price. Most, I mean, maybe a dollar cheaper than what you normally get. But like, I can get. Well, that's a dollar shit. Yeah. But like you can get these I get these petite steaks. They come in a three pack. And they're like varying sizes. But I mean they're like twelve bucks. And I'm like, hell, you know, you know, that's good enough, right? 
Oh yeah, I, li- yes. I live off those motherfuckers, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll even be lazy sometime and just season it and throw it into the air fryer and oh, just yeah. cook it for like six minutes, and it's—I mean—it's pretty damn good for no oh, effort. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> Are you? Do you need me, babe? I'll take that as a no. Oh, no. You're talking to the doll. <laughs> it yeah. might be. You need me, Raggedy Ann? <laughs> Don't put that in the video. <laughs> oh, that's going in the video. <laughs> I have a fly by me. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's I've seen it about 15 times already. annoying the piss out of me. I have my fly spray. I'm going to spray it. I don't want to because I'm drinking tea. Man, let me tell y'all what I did. So, I, I, would, I did a full maintenance on my riding mower. Lash the valves, all that jazz. I put fresh Mobile One oil in it because I I only trust Mobile One. I I don't know. I feel like the more you pay for it, the better it is. I know that's dumb, but that's just how I feel. <clears throat> but I filled it back up after I drained all the oil out, and for some stupid reason, I was like, "All right, I got the valves lashed. Let me spin it over, fill the oil the oil filter up, and then check the oil." I had the fucking dipstick out, and I'm like, oh, there's not going to be enough crankcase pressure to blow the oil out of it. No. There was plenty. Oh, Lord. It fucking (laughs) showered me in like half a quart of fucking oil. Because it kept, the motor kept spinning, it was spinning over because there was no spark plug in it. So it was just free spinning, and it was like, like fucking erupting everywhere. Covered my hair in oil. I'm not mad as hell. I'm like, I went six dollars of fucking oil out of the damn <laughs> out of the damn thing. <laughs> Next time, put the fucking oil cap on before you spill. You spin the motor over. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I wish there was some <laughs> security cam footage of that. Because oh, I, dude, I just know you flipped out. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was I was like stretched over the lawnmower, like turning the key. And it was like, <laughs> like fucking oil just went everywhere. <laughs> Did cover my damn glasses in oil. Who's whose episode is it? It is mine, supposedly. Oh, okay, but since we're doing three stories, I think it's all of ours. Yeah. But. So I think I'll just do the introduction. What is that? What the fuck? What is what? <laughs> There was a thing there. I don't know. Yeah. I can see it in my camera. It's probably little, dirt. Little oh. fairy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on my side or on your side? It was on mine. I was that was I was pointing at it. Oh. I don't know where it is now. Yeah. I didn't even notice it. So. <clears throat> yeah. I, I kind of like my tapestry. I don't know. I, I was kind of torn because I like it all black. You know? I really like it all black. And I was like, ah, I'm gonna put it right there. I really want to frame it, like hanging on the wall. To be honest with you, but I kind of like it. To build it, yeah, mm. I like it. To me, it was worth the. I think it was like twenty eight dollars after taxes. That's not bad. Yeah, not at all. Okay, uh, let me know when y'all are ready. I'm not ready. I gotta do my backups. Y'all ready? Mm-hmm. Yep. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Paranormal Minds of JST. Good evening, good morning, or, you know, midday, depending on when you're listening to us. My name is Tommy, and I'm here with my two cohorts, not hosts, they're forts, in my opinion. Uh, Josh. Hello, hello. And Shane. Hi. And 
Tonight we have a <laughs> special, special treat for y'all because tonight, sad to say, is the season finale of season one of the Paranormal Minds of JST. So we decided that we're going to make it special for all our dear listeners and we are going to tell three stories. Each one of us have come up with our own stories. We've researched true stories, or at least believed to be true, depending on which side of the spectrum of the paranormal you fall on. And we're going to discuss them and see what we can come up with. So now join us as we jump down this crazy rabbit hole and dive into these stories. All right, guys. Children freak me out. I know they probably freak y'all out. I say they freak me mm-hmm. out. They don't really freak me out in a way, but um, like I don't know. I'm just weird around children. Like if they're not mine, like and they run up to me. Like for reference, I was a maintenance guy at uh, Hope Sullivan uh, School, right, uh, elementary school, and these random kids would run up to me and try to give me hugs. It's freaking weird. So and I was always like, ah, no, mm-hmm. no, just go away from me. You smacking kids. Get out of here, you shit. <laughs> well, no, I wouldn't smack them. They were nice kids. They were nice kids. I'm just not... I I do not deal with people, gen, you know, in general. I don't... You know, social awkwardness, I guess you could say. But with kids, I'm just like, nah, I don't do... Stay... Uh. But anyways, so... That being said, this is actually gonna... The story revolves around a... A little girl and um, her family, but it mostly evolves around her because she's the one who actually sees these entities. And everybody might know it as uh, Mr. Gordy. I'm sure y'all have heard of that from Unsolved Mysteries. And, you know, they they made a film with a dumb title called The Haunting of Connecticut 2, Ghosts of Georgia, because this story takes place in Georgia. So I don't know why don't the Call it a haunting in Georgia. You know, whatever. It all starts in about 1989, early 90s, somewhere around there. Uh, Andy and Lisa Wyrick moved to a t- small town in Georgia, right outside of Columbus, Georgia. And they had, at that time, a three-year-old daughter named Heidi. Now, upon moving to this area, it was very isolated. There weren't any real kids nearby. So Heidi was kind of on her own, you know. One day, the mom noticed that Heidi was like kind of like having conversations with somebody and stuff like that. And like she comes, well, what really starts is the girl comes in and says, hey, mom, there's this man, Mr. Gordy, and he wants to uh, take me to the swing and swing. Can I go with him? And the mom starts freaking out, right? Because it's like, oh, some random dude's trying to take my daughter, right? So she calls her husband, Andy, and says, hey, you need to come home. Some dude's trying to take our daughter, I feel. And she goes out, and she can't see him. She doesn't see a man or anything. Well, the daughter starts bringing up Mr. Gordy more often. And eventually, they just chalk it up to kids and imaginary friends, right? You know, most kids start having imaginary friends around three years of age, and they normally quit uh, associating with these ideas. Imaginary friends around age 11. That's typically some might go a little further and so forth. Well, they just chalked it up to, you know, 
whatever, imaginary friend, like even so much that the mom would make sandwiches like during lunchtime. And she'd make one for Heidi and one for Mr. Gordy. Now, Heidi always described Mr. Gordy as a tall man with silver hair, a nice suit, and very shiny shoes. That's going to come into play a little bit later. Well, one day, uh, the doorbell rings, and Heidi goes to answer the door. When she opens the door, there's a man standing there, and he's holding his arm with, like, bandages, and it's bleeding. There's blood all over him. And he said, my name is Khan. I need help. Now, Heidi runs back to her mom, who's in the kitchen, and says, hey, mom, there's a man named uh, Khan who he's he's got blood all over him, you know. And the mom's like, are you sure that that's blood? She's like, yeah, it's 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 blood. So uh, Lisa runs out to go find this man to try to get this man some help. Obviously, he was hurt, didn't know if he was in a car accident or something. And she couldn't find them. When Andy got home, they decided to try to scour the neighborhood to kind of try to find this person to help them. Well, they couldn't find them. Certain things started kind of happening later on. Like time goes on. Um, Lisa gets pregnant with their second child. And around this time, Lisa would say she would be in bed and at night and she would hear like whispering. Like above her bed, like in the like in the ceiling, just like, hey, how are you doing? You want to, you know, play video games or something? You know, probably not like that nice, but you know, just some whispering, and it would like freak her out, and she just felt like she was being watched at night. Um, to the point where one day, um, she had just had the baby, and Heidi said that she saw a man, but it was a bad man. And this man didn't have no face. He was just all black. She called him the dark man. Um, and that kind of freaked out Lisa, where she called this psychiatrist. He was a parapsychiatrist named Mr. Rowe, um, who showed up, talked to Heidi, asked her some questions, and said, hey, I think she's hallucinating, and then left. So... <clears throat> You know, as one does, you know, you got a kid saying they're saying weird things. They're just hallucinating. Screw it. Leave them. You know. Um, well, one day, uh, Lisa's sister moves into the house next door and come to find out that she looked at the old owners of the house. And there was a man that owned that house named James Gordy, who died in 1974. Well, they couldn't. Really, ha they didn't really have pictures of James Gordy to ask Heidi if she's seen him. But she got in touch with, yeah, I guess it was daughter or somebody who got in touch with the old the lady who used to own the house that the Wyricks lived in. Well, they wound up going through picture books with the old owner, and Heidi saw a man named Lon. Come to find out, that was the old owner's uncle. I know this is starting to sound like some crazy tale because I'm saying old, old you know, I. I didn't really get their names too much, and I didn't want to bring up too many names. But that was Lon. Now, Lon had lost his arm in a cotton gin accident when he was a young boy. And it was his, his arm that Heidi described was bandaged up. Now, he died in 1954. That brings some questions on, like, why so long a period, right? Once they found that out, now more things started happening. Like, uh, Heidi woke up one day with three scratches on her side of her face. Now, 
the mom thought Heidi just scratched herself in her sleep until her husband Andy woke up and he had three scratches on his, I believe it was his back. Finally, they get in touch with the parapsychologist, Mr. Roll, again. And he comes out and he actually had a picture of James Gordy. And when he showed it to Heidi, he asked her, you know, with a bunch of other pictures, like, can you show me Mr. Gordy on here? And she pointed exactly to Mr. Gordy and said, that's Mr. Gordy right there. Well, they brought in a medium who then went through the house and said that there were three evil entities. One was trying to make, I guess, like a home in the room that would be the baby's room. One was in Heidi's room, but there was also a light spirit in there that was essentially doing battle and trying to protect Heidi. They believed that to be Mr. Gordy. And then there was one that would go back and forth between the kitchen and the master bedroom, and it would just hang out above uh, the Wyrick's bed. And they said that they were evil entities. Now, eventually, they would wind up moving and leaving the house. From that moment on, Heidi has eventually grown up. Uh, she's got married, has kids. And she says from even today, she still has paranormal sightings and stuff like that. I know it's not super scary. I had to compress a lot of it. It's a lot more to it. But for the sake of time, I wanted to compress it. What do y'all think? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I had to hold back chuckles. Every time he said Gordy, because it gave me flashbacks to that pig movie from the early 90s. Do you guys remember that? <laughs> no. You don't oh, remember uh, that? What was that, the Babe? Pig? No, it, it was Gordy. It was like Babe. Oh, was, oh I, I know what you're talking about. The knockoff Babe. Is that what it was, a knockoff? I don't know. It was made by Disney, so, I mean. <laughs> oh, well, shit. But it, it was ridiculous. The pig got lost from his family and somehow became famous and then paired with country musicians and like put on a concert so he could find his family. I, I don't know. It's been a lot of years. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Disney, for that piece of masterful artwork. <laughs> but I don't know. I find it wild. Uh, I do believe kids can see things that we don't see you know oh most definitely some say it's like a veil of innocence because they are innocent and according to several you know religions and even cultures by the time a kid is about 12 13 years old we know it's very pro uh predominant in the jewish culture that when a child turns 13 they have a bar mitzvah or a oh i forgot what the female version of it is bar mitzvah i think is what it is I am so sorry if I got that wrong. And in other words, it's a transition from being a child to being an adult, right? So essentially you are losing your innocence of a child to become an adult. And for most kids to stop seeing imaginary friends around that time period, around 11 years old, you know, what if imaginary friends in some cases are actually entities? Yeah, makes sense. I'm sure that happens a lot out there. I mean, well, what are y'all's take on it? What do you think? Like, because it did make a lot of press to where even like uh, newspaper articles picked it up. Um, I, I find it. I don't know. I really don't know. I don't even know. I don't know what to say about it. It's it's a lot like a lot of the stories you hear anyway. Now, it, like uh, of children, I don't know how old the story is, but um, to me, it's it's one of those. It's like Jeff the Mongers. It's kind of the same idea, right? Yeah. So. Who's to say it's not uh, not an imaginary friend, like you said, or, or you know, 
Or maybe hell, I don't know. Maybe they're making it up for money. I don't. I don't know. I, if they gain that much traction, I mean, I mean, it's it is a very popular tale. Like I said, it was covered from Unsolved Mysteries to uh, I think a Haunting covered it. Um, maybe even Paranormal Witness. Like it's uh, several YouTubers have also covered that story um, yeah. about it. What is the story called? I'm sorry. Um, you can look up it's. According to Unsolved Mysteries, it's Neighborly Ghost. Um, other people call it the uh, Wyrick Haunting. Um, you can also look it up through, apparently, for some reason, a haunting in Connecticut, uh, <laughs> Georgia. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't understand that one, but okay. Um, but yeah, you can look it up that those ways, and it'll take you to it. And I know you said this, Tommy, but how old was, was the girl when all this started? When, it, when all of it started, she was three years old. I I believe by the time they started having the evil entities, she was approaching five. So that that to me rolls out any kind of money or making it up. I mean, you guys have both been around three year olds. At least my three year olds, you could not convince to do some shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't convince yeah. my. You know, thirteen-year-old to wash the dishes. So I mean, <laughs> let alone trying to put together a ghost story. That alone makes me feel like it's real. And then for them, I mean, the connection with the, the actual pictures of of Gordy. I mean that that's pretty cool there. So that means she was she was a young child looking at these and just picked them out with no no coercing. Yeah, yeah. Like she just knew that was him. Yeah. So and and she picked out Mr. Lawn because they were just she just had the lady over and they were looking through old photo albums and um I guess maybe Mrs. Wyrick was hoping that she would point out like Mr. Gordy or something um but for her to point out Lawn and uh his niece be like oh no that's my uncle uh Lawn not Con. I mean, that's very similar. Like, you know, his name is spelled L-O-N and Con C-O-N. I know that doesn't make a difference, but it could just be the way she perceived it was seeing that shocking image probably heard a C instead of an L. That or or kids, I mean, they don't have the greatest enunciation. So no, could have just been like that was her way of saying Con. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know, but I, I, I find it very interesting. And it was something that always stuck with me, like, because I remember watching it on the <clears throat> aging myself, original <laughs> Unsolved Mysteries, you know, one of my favorite shows. Oh, man, dude, I still go back and watch it. Mm-hmm. I still <laughs> And then some of the mysteries now are, are like that have been debunked. I'm kind of like, uh, like, what? Well, there was one where like Amelia Earhart got killed by the Japanese. <laughs> they did that whole thing. But it's still it's one of my favorite shows. I still go back and watch it. Yeah. Um, Mine too. But I had no idea that, that that they built a movie based on this story. I thought it was just a I don't I don't look into the histories of stories like um I liked the movie. I don't know. I I'm, I'm I like most horror movies even if they're garbage cuz I'm just that kind of person. I love horror movies. Especially B horror movies. <laughs> so because you can't find a funnier horror movie than a B movie. <laughs> I nineteen fifties horror movies 
are some of the best in my opinion as far as B movies. Yeah. That are just funny, especially like sci-fi when they're like doing like the ships going through space and you see the string <laughs> and the planets are on strings and stuff. Like it's it's yeah. funny, but back then, I mean, I'm sure that was just like the greatest thing in the world. You know, I, I know a lot of people said that the family um was just seeking attention, stuff like that. And I I feel deep down like there's something there with it. Yeah. But my question is, is like, did anybody else because this happened in about like the, the, the early nineties, right? And we know that Lon died in the 1950s, and we know Mr. Gordy died in the 1970s. Has anybody else experienced these types of hauntings? Like, that's just my question. Or is it because she is able, with, through her innocence, or even she's more in touch with the other planes and realms, or whatever you want to call it, like, she's more sensitive to that. Is that the reason we see it? Like, do we know if Khan every Thursday at noon rings the doorbell of that house? You know, so. No. I'm sure just just my opinions on it would be direct, directly related to the little girl. I don't just to give them the power to come through with that innocence and acceptance, uh, because that would also explain the later introduction of the darker entities. Mm-hmm. Uh, because now she's there and she's speaking with these these deceased people and that building up more energy, uh, uh, thinning the veil, if you will. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think it was all directly related to her. Yeah, definitely. Like we said, you know, kids, kids, just like animals. I, I believe 100% animals can see dead things, or mm-hmm. especially dogs and cats. But, right. Um, um, I believe kids do too. I know Dylan did when he was little. There was a little girl in our apartment when we lived in Walls, and I, I never said a word to him about seeing that little girl. Neither did Anna. But he came in our room one night, bawling, and said that little girl touched him, like on his arms while he was in the bed. He didn't like it. Oh man! So I I believe it that kids. Kids see things that we don't see, and I would give anything to really have no veil for me to be able to see these things. Right. Because you see them portrayed certain ways, and I'm like, i got to wonder, like, are they ghosts like they would look in life? Or what they look like when they died with, like, bullet holes in their heads, or if they people just, you know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> like, any, any pictures you ever see, they're always normal looking, you know? Mm. I, or I guess as normal as they could be. It's kind of like that show Ghost that's now on CBS, but there's a British version of it. But the ghosts in it, they essentially are wearing whatever they wore when they died and whatever happened to them that killed them, essentially. Like, there's one dude with an arrow through his neck, and that's how he died. Um, another person yeah. lost their head, and they're just a walking body, really, with the head just rolling around. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a good show. I say check it out. For anybody who wants to check it out, uh-huh. plug in somebody else's show. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna be that guy and say the British version's better though. Oh, it totally is. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. I watched the whole three series of it, and it's yeah, so bad. You seen it too, James? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, it's, it's we watched good. all of both of them. What is it called? 
Ghost. Tell me. Ghost. Oh, it's just called Ghost. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Ghost. well, shit. <laughs> it's it's on uh, it's on the British version is on HBO Max, and if you want to okay. catch up on the American version, it is on Paramount Plus. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have HBO Max, so I guess that's where I'll be going. So it's funny you bring that up. That 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 introduces an interesting concept that I never really thought about. Like what you were just saying, you know, they get frozen and how they how they died but they also for the british version there was a guy who was the right amount of buzzed when he died uh on alcohol and there was the in the american version there's a hippie girl who was tripping on acid before she got mauled by a bear yeah. <laughs> shit yes yeah. but so he is living eternally kind of buzzed and she's living eternity on a bad trip <laughs> yeah <laughs> And maybe that's... Uh, you know, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, the dude who was Buzz, he's the guy without pants, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's he's the dude without pants. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta watch this. <laughs> oh, man. The, the, first, the first couple episodes of the American version I watched, and we were completely off topic. Right. Um, <clears throat> I was like, ah, they, they really tried to follow the whole storyline of the British version, so I'll give them props to it. But they just had... I'm sorry. I love the caveman in the British version. He is the best <laughs> compared to, I guess, the Vikings supposed to be like the caveman. No, in yeah, the American version. So, <laughs> you know, just talking through this, it sounds ridiculous. I'm sure Josh's like, what <laughs> does <laughs> acid trips and bear malls and pantsless guys and cavemen? <laughs> yeah, right up my alley. <laughs> it is great. I'm telling you, watch it, yeah. watch it. But back on topic about. <laughs> but but to jump from that you know maybe that influences you know these uh, different entity experiences too so you have some like these nice you know it's mr gordy who's a nice guy maybe you know he passed peacefully but if somebody was on some a, a large amount of drugs and were enraged about something or and they get stuck in that state to where they're actually out of their mind a little bit. You know, somebody gets upset news and they go on a drug binge and they're not really themselves and they become a ghost. You know, all all this time I've been thinking, you know, demons or dark spirits or something, but it could just be a dude who's whacked out of his mind on meth and died. Yeah. 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 yeah I never really thought of it like that, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I always see thought of like if we deal with dark entities because I've heard stories of, like, um, what is that house? There's a house that apparently a serial killer lived at, and he now haunts the area or the house. And it's believed, like, he holds um, the spirits of his victims there. Like, he's evil. I don't know that sounds like a story to a movie. And I'm sure it is. But, you know, I've I've heard those tales of, like, evil people just when they die, they just carry that evilness and it just goes higher and higher. Um, and they just try to trap souls wherever they are. So, yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I thought it was a very interesting story. Um, it was one I really wanted to talk about uh, on the podcast and get y'all's thoughts on it. Because to me, I, I want, you know, I feel like it has a lot to do with the innocence and the fact that you you see the world differently, I feel, when you're an innocent person. 
or you have innocence in you, I guess you could say, then people like us who now we're cynical, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So, well, yeah, that's, uh, that's my story on it. Insert applaud audio track here. All right, all right. That's enough of that shit. Nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can put booze in there <laughs> if you want to. I'll be clapping like Dude, this. Doing equal booze and thumbs ups. <laughs> <laughs> or thumbs downs. <laughs> hey, boo. <laughs> you the host, Tommy. Who's next? Well, I figured we'd go in the rotation that we normally go in. So, um,. Shane, I guess that would make you next, right? I guess it would. Yes, it would. So I hope you're all ready for a spine shattering, <laughs> chattering spine. Sorry, chilling, chilling spine, chilling tail, shattering. Like hey, a... <laughs> could be that scary. <laughs> I mean, we are old. Our spine might shatter just from sitting in the yeah, chairs. That's, that's a hell of a story. <laughs> Flip out of your chair, break your back. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, my spine shattered. <laughs> yes. That's what I get for trying to do a, a funny intro, whatever. I never get those right. <laughs> I don't know, it's pretty good. <laughs> ah, keep going. <laughs> ah. All right, so today I'm going to talk about the Conglier Mansion, uh, also known as the House the Devil Built in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Hey, uh, so our story starts with a guy named Charles Conglier uh, back in the 1860s. He moved up from the south, uh, some southern state, uh, to Pittsburgh there, and built this house. Uh, address is 1129 Ridge Avenue. I actually have the address. Oh, uh, we going. Oh. <laughs> so he uh, he gained some more uh, some money uh, from. The war, the Civil War, the stories vary there a little bit, but he somehow made a fortune doing something from the Civil War. Uh, so they moved up there, they built this nice big house, They and they started doing all their, their nice rich people things, you know, holding all these parties, you know, everybody standing around and talking shit about each other, you know, whatever, whatever you do at those kind of parties. <laughs> um, so... Everything seemed well and good. Uh, he had a wife named Lida, and they had a servant named Essie. Essie came up with them when they moved from the south, so very trusted uh, servant there with them. Well, one day, Lida came home and caught old Charles in the bed with Essie. Uh-oh. And as most wives would do, I know especially all of our wives would definitely brutally murder us. Uh, <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Uh, she Lorena bobbit me right out the window. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, Lida brutally murdered both of them, and didn't stop there. She also decapitated both of them, and for some reason, I guess uh, just the mental anguish of murdering two people and chopping their heads off, Lida wandered out to a rocking chair on the front porch with Essie's head and sat there and rocked in the rocking chair for several days until she was found. So when they, they found her, they, they could tell that she, she'd been sitting there several days with a decapitated head, just rocking in this chair. So, that's just the beginning of the story. 
<laughs> well then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, so far better than mine. <laughs> the house sat abandoned for for a little bit. Uh, that all went down in about 1871. Uh, so for about 20 years, it sat abandoned because of you know what went down. You know, these days people run at an opportunity like that. Like, oh, I want to live in a haunted house. It was very different back in the late 1800s. <laughs> uh, so the railroad purchased it in 1892. Uh, you know, it was a big, nice house. It was a good location in Pittsburgh. Um, so they rented it just to have apartments for their railroad workers. So they'd come into town, park, park the trains. I don't really know how all that works. And <laughs> they would... They would go and sleep here and get hot bike on the train and go and do their thing. Well, uh, the the workers hated it. The house was haunted as hell. Uh, I can't even, because of time, go into all the stories from these guys. But the house was so bad haunted, and no one wanted to sleep there. They'd rather sleep on the train than go over to this house and sleep. So the railroad uh, just abandoned it only after two years of having it because oh, wow. it was that bad. Mm. So enter our next stage of the story. The uh, wonderful Dr. Adolf Brunrichter purchased the house. Uh, he was he was a recluse. No one ever heard from him. He bought the house just shortly after the abandonment in 1892. Lived there for a little while. Uh, no one ever knew what was going on. Until 1901, everybody heard this, this crazy bloody murder woman screaming coming from the house followed by an explosion that blew all the windows out of the house damn so damn. yeah of course the police went there they're like oh man what's going on all the windows are blown out and this woman screaming so they start searching the house and they find six decapitated corpses with the heads wired up to all these crazy machines right uh, it's to their best speculation that he was trying to reanimate the heads oh, uh, shit. that he had chopped off of these people. Uh, the explosion was caused by one of his devices that he had in there plugged into these heads. And uh, old Dr. Brunrichter was never found. Uh, oh, he didn't have remains from the explosion. They searched. Uh, never heard from the guy again. Uh so, kind of odd. Vanished without a trace, right? <laughs> yeah. There's still wow. more. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we then, uh, now it's it's abandoned for many, many years. Uh, but because of all this stuff and the hauntings and, you know, this is where it started getting the name, the house the devil built, is that there was some kind of connection with decapitation and... Uh, the afterlife and hauntings, and there was something. So it was, you know, like a portal or one of those thin veil places or something. There was something going on there because this Dr. Adolf Brunrichter was not that kind of doctor before. He moves into the damn house and starts chopping everyone's heads out, uh, off. So, um, during this time that it was vacant, a ton of mediums came in, all kinds of different experimentation and research and even uh, Thomas Edison came to the house at one point in time and conducted his researches. Uh, so when I first read that, I'm like, Thomas Edison? But dude actually made some inventions to talk to the dead. Uh, 
So I made some notes. I might try to replicate some of these. Yeah, most definitely. It's, it's interesting. Didn't he? I, I want to say I heard that like he made like a kind of like a phone or a phonograph or something that would allow dead people to talk through. Yeah, it. I, th- I think the spirit phone. I think he had just some simple name I, like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely build that. Build that chain. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. So finally, we we come to the end of our story. A a gas company bought the bought the building for the. They didn't learn their lesson from the railroad company. They bought it for the same reason the railroad company did. It was a place for their people to stay. Well, this is a lot of deaths ago, so uh, you can imagine it's even more haunted. Well, during the time that the gas company was there. Um, it was the same kind of reported hauntings, except amped up because I think three people died as a result of poltergeist activity. Like it was so heavy that three people died. Oh shit! Uh, uh, so this goes on until 1927, as finally the end of end of the Conglier Mansion. Because a gas a gas explosion happened that was so large it demolished the house and killed about thirty people and injured five hundred people in the surrounding area. Damn. So and it seemed like what? the explosion was centered around this house. <laughs> so <laughs> comes back again like okay, the the whole portal theory, like what's actually going on and yeah. what the hell caused this to happen. So, if you go to 1129 Ridge Avenue, you go over there, there's there's no house. There's no nothing. And this is where the story gets... It, it, it's weird. The story's over. But, for the last... Now it's 100 years old, people are starting to be like, no, this never even happened because there's no... There's nothing there. Right? Mm. Now, uh... We agreed to do true stories, and if you talk to anybody in Pittsburgh, uh, any elderly people, so they're going to tell you, like, yeah, this is all true. It's all freaking true. But the people that dig into it, they're like, we couldn't find any record of a house there. Um, we couldn't find record of, of this or this or no, you know, just there's no actual hard evidence on it. But the reason I wanted to go ahead and run with it, because the locals there believe it wholeheartedly, and they're the ones that should be the trusted ones, right? Not some people that know how to run Google. Right. Mm. And if my theory, so we can go ahead and jump to theory now, on the the portal, and there's there's something. There was some kind of weird-ass portal to hell or hell equivalent there. And it... It's time was done. It did what it needed to do here and then closed up, you know, explosion. If you have that kind of paranormal power to do all this stuff, I'm sure you have the power to almost alter the timeline. If all that's missing are some court documents and records, yeah. Yeah, who's to say they didn't get sucked up in that you know, paranormal explosion as well. I'm going to say honestly with the court document thing, I Maybe the city was like, no, we're getting rid of this house altogether. Mm-hmm. We don't want this part of our history. But obviously it is kind of hard to tell people not to talk about something. Um, but yeah, at the same, well, yeah. At the same time, I'm, yeah, there was some, some devil work about in that um, house. 
That is something. <laughs> something. Sorry. I mean, as like everything's just insane, and it just gets more insane the more <laughs> yeah. you know it goes from like <clears throat> the lady just you know killed my husband and uh, her mistress. So I'm just gonna sit out there with uh, the head and rock back and forth for several days. <laughs> I have to wonder if voodoo doesn't play a part in it because a lot of slaves practice voodoo. Mm. And I wonder if it was like, you know, a curse. If something was to ever happen to her, who really knows what she was doing in her own house when, or, or wherever she stayed in her room or, or whatever. Um, I don't know if she practiced voodoo at all, you know, but it's just one of those things. Like, what if she's like, I'm going to protect my soul if something was to happen to me and curse whoever or the land, you know, with with my magic, you know, and it just kind of escalated from there and it just built and just, you know. What if, and this, this, this is going to go out there. So we know um, Pittsburgh, right? Um, I don't know. As far as like Native American, I mean, all of it's Native American land. We can all agree on that, right? But do we know like what probably that part, you know, as far as the tribes, if that was like something? Because a lot of death and then like once everything said and done, huge gas explosion, it almost sounds kind of like sacrificial. I mean, just dealing with the decapitations alone. You know, why is it all decapitations? I mean, I wonder if it's not saying it was like a human sacrifice area. I do know that we know um, Native Americans have certain pieces of land that they believe are sacred for certain region reasons. Right. So who's to say that that isn't that house didn't set on top of one of those pieces of land? Yeah. You know, and it had to pay a penance for being there. Oh yeah, yeah. There's no telling. Like you said, all land is, is you know the indigenous people's land. So, I'm a, I'm by no means a, a biblical person. Uh, but this, this for some reason to me just called out as some devil, Satan equivalent, right? And so we we've heard the term. I mean, it's in the Bible. It's in Ghostbusters. You know the whole. Revelations, the dead will walk the earth type deal, right? Now there's there's a lot of theories around that. Like, do we do people think it's gonna be zombies? Do they think it's gonna be ghosts? Or the where I was drawn to this was is it going to have a hand in science? You know, so obviously the first run uh didn't go as planned, but I think there was there could have been some temptation. Because Charles and Essie had been around each other for years and years, right? And they never hooked up until they were in that house for a couple of years. So I think to tarnish it, to help thin the veil, there might have been some temptation. That classical, that classic uh, Satan interpretation in the Bible where, you know, there's temptation. So he did that, uh, this entity, to get Lida there and to murder them so then he could start his work over the next many years and maybe that you know it's all up to interpretation maybe there was this plan to hey I'm going to use science and bring bodies back 
to life. Uh, especially, man, the early 1900s, you know how terrifying that would be to have these weird half-robot reanimated dead bodies coming at you trying to kill you? Yeah. Oh, man, that would be terrifying. <laughs> Pretty wild. <laughs> now, I, I would like to elaborate on that, being that, you know, uh, my Christian faith. You know, it is talked about that, according to the book of Revelations, that not only is it like the dead will walk the earth, but death will have forgotten men in a sense that no matter, you know, you wouldn't be able to die. So I could see that where we all know science is moving towards essentially that aspect, right? Of immortality. It's always has uh, for any type of medicine. I mean, we've looked for the fountain of youth. Um, It's mostly powerful people want to hold power for, you know, forever. So what if that deals within that same, like, I just want to touch up on that, you know? Yeah. It, it could be science of trying to find a way, cut someone's head off, try to bring them back to life and see if they can't essentially bridge the gap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've done a pretty good job of stretching human life uh, almost to its breaking point. In my opinion, when people are living to be 110 years old, you know, that's wild. The one interpretation of it is people will wish for death, but death will never come to them. Hmm. Well, next next time we're in uh, Pittsburgh, I recommend we go to this address and uh, say go camping. Try to open it. Try to open the portal back up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna lose my head. (laughs) Tommy gonna die, (laughs) y'all. I'm gonna. My wife is not gonna be happy with that. (laughs) Hey, but. If everything goes to plan, so Josh will just sit there rocking with your head while I build a machine to bring you back to life. (laughs) And then we all explode, and it doesn't matter because we're all dead now. Yeah, blow up 500 square feet, apparently. No, it was 500 people. I'm going to be the ghost on ghosts with no head, okay, that everybody has to put my head on, and then it falls off, and I wind up for some reason on the roof of some house that was put there. I have to wonder. You said it was 500 people. That this thing killed? The explosion? No, uh, 500 injured and 30 killed. How tightly packed? Uh, it, it may have been pretty tightly packed now that I think about it, being Pittsburgh. Uh, I was gonna, I was kind of thinking like uh, maybe a rural side of things, like, uh, but you, you probably could have crammed 500 people in a little small area, but that was a big-ass explosion. I don't care how tightly packed they were. Oh, yeah, for sure. It... It could have been like one of those, um, I can't think of the name of the houses, like townhouses, like you'd see in like New York where, you know, they're all like next to each oh, other. like condos? Yeah, like condos. Oh, almost like condos. Yeah. So it could have been something like that. I don't know. Was there pictures? Could you find, well, I guess you couldn't find pictures. No, they exploded. <laughs> I'm just saying. There were, a, I mean, they took pictures during the Civil War. <laughs> there were a couple of old pictures of the house, but since I went down the debunk path of it, uh, it's, quote, proven that it was a picture of some other destroyed house somewhere else. Oh. Oh. Well, but you can't. Lame. If they're both destroyed, it's like, come on, what kind of government demon conspiracy cover-up shit is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Illuminati's, man. Yeah. I told y'all. They're working with the mermaid aliens. All right. We know this. We know this. <laughs> it's all done by mermaid aliens. I think it's wild that this woman was like, yeah, I killed them. And then I cut their head off coming from somebody that probably wasn't crazy to begin with. 
Right. Like, well, I mean, uh, we we do know that crime of passion can do crazy things too. So yeah, but I, I, killing them, yeah, I could see that being <laughs> the crime of passion. But to take the time to cut their heads off, uh, I don't know. And for it to happen again, you know, <laughs> what twenty, thirty years later, <laughs> like mm, I don't know. That demonic influence, oh. man. Yeah, yeah. The stories like Amityville Horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just hear the voices. There is a movie. It's one of those 1950s horror movies. In fact, uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 did a um, did a thing on it. Oh, you sure. know, with it called uh, what is it? Um, the head that won't die, or Something like that. And it's about like this this doctor who I guess it's this girl he likes or his girlfriend, I can't remember. But she dies in a car wreck and the saver he cuts her head off and kind of puts it in a glass. Mm-hmm. And um like she's alive and it's in like in his basement. So I wonder if that was taken from that story. Mm, could be. I mean, there's a lot of stories kinda related. I mean, even uh Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monster, you know, is pretty much a reanimation that was all made possible from the right head. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably where that, that part come from with the doctor, uh, Brune Richter. Mm. There's a, ooh, probably. there's some scary shit, like real science experiments out there where, I mean, one time they kept a decapitated dog alive for a certain amount of days till he like died yeah. of starvation. Uh, what was it five years ago they had that guy uh i think he had to go to china to do the surgery he had a head transplant yeah he wanted to do a head transplant and they had to be very quick about it like in other words keep his head alive and then put it on the donor body like right then and i don't know if they actually went through with it or not but they couldn't do it in america because they're like no mm -mm, he's gonna die and yeah. that's wrong. So, but I think he wound up doing it in China or some some country like that. And um, I forgot what kind of doctor it was. I think he was Italian or something who decided they would do it. Uh, so. My opinion on that, if you want your head cut off, if your body is useless and there's the ability to do that, even though they're obviously an incredibly high risk of, one, it not working uh, and you dying. Um, uh, is the second one. Uh, if you sign it off, you so what? Do it. You know. Here's here's my question. Do you shop for your body? All right. Like, do you like want the one, one with the already the six pack and you know hung like a horse type deal? Or, <laughs> no, I want you know? fat and lazy. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? That's like Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Yeah. What it is? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm with you. You should be allowed to do that sort of yeah. stuff. Just like the whole, you know, assisted suicide, Doctor Kavorkian type yeah. stuff. I don't understand why um, that's illegal. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> yeah, and and it it was like it was it it boiled down to a moral thing, and I'm like, it is what it is. This person came to them and was like. He had his criteria too, and it wasn't like he was just killing everybody. 
Mm-hmm. You know, old people, uh, people that are just, uh, I, I, he just helped, in my opinion. Uh, you could take it or leave it, but and I'm not that kind of person. But um, the, the way the way I feel about it, and again, you know, y'all know my religious background and stuff. And the way I feel about it is, and it's just going to shock some listeners. If someone wants to go out on their own terms and with dignity and stuff, who am I to deny them that? Yeah. To me, anything dealing with, like, when it comes to spirituality and stuff, the way I feel is it's between you and, you know, your creator or your, you know, you know. Um, whatever you believe. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm I'm one of those people. I'm very liberty minded. So, like, do you. Just don't hurt anybody. Um, and taxes are theft. But, no. <laughs> but I'm with you. I mean, you know, why Why make it illegal? You know, if someone's dying and, like, I think I read an article about a lady who, she was dying of cancer. I forgot what kind of cancer, but she was just withering away. And they had this whole thing for her. It was in California where they actually do do uh, the assisted suicide. I guess you can call it that. Um, I would say peaceful resting, I guess. Uh, Something nicer than assisted suicide. But, like, they did this whole thing where they had this whole party. They celebrated her life. They watched, like, her favorite movie. And then she sat there on the bed and watched the sunset while they put the medicine in her. And she just... Drifted off. And I'm like, that kind of seems nice, honestly. Yeah. You know? Like, you're you're dying. You're going to die. Why wait and be shriveled and have people remember you in that way of you're just frail and, you know, helpless when you can celebrate that life? And in a way, it's a closer for everybody. Yeah. It's closer for the people who are there and for her. You know, I, I mean, it's a celebration of life, I feel. So that's just how I feel on it. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think any of these people in the Congolier mansion asked for it, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were just snatching them up. <laughs> Please, uh, chop off my head and hook it to that battery. Uh, I don't I don't know why they were British. Know. We're in Pittsburgh, but uh, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, no. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what kind of contraption he was going with for that. Like, was it like some type of? I don't know if it would be a battery. I bet he was baffled at the like? fact that he could just make their like facial features move by like connecting shit to the spinal cord. Like opening and closing the mouths and oh. what you want to bet. I, I bet that's what it was. After rigor mortis like subsided, obviously, because rigor mortis it ain't gonna help much. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, well, what is it? Like when you chop off a head uh, during uh, like the French Revolution, it would chop off heads and the eyes and mouths would still move and, you know, from nerves. Yeah. So maybe he was going off of that. Like yeah. maybe they're alive long enough. That I could bring them back, you know, once I take their heads off. Yeah. You know, because the French Revolution wasn't, but like, I'm trying to think, it was about the 1812, 
18? It was in the early 1800s, though. It was Tommy with his history. <laughs> oh, man, they created this whole calendar and secular movement and all this stuff there in that revolution. It was it was actually pretty cool. Y'all should check it out. Nope. I would watch Oversimplified <laughs> History's version of it, though. But, nope. Anyways. I don't want to. I don't want to be dumb. Funny. Me either. Oh. I'm going to watch some <laughs> cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. So it's a cartoon. <laughs> Shit, Shane, he got us. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Trying to trick people into watching history. Yeah. Sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you like stories? That's what history is. A bunch of stories. That's true. Anyways, I don't know. I think demons. That's what I'm going to go with. Like a sacrificial place, maybe. I don't know. I can't get over everybody losing their heads. Uh, yeah, it's a weird coincidence. It was the ghost of the queen from uh, Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, off with the heads. Oh. Uh, that, yeah. Maybe. That's who it was. Yeah. <laughs> that was a bad joke. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop trying one of these days. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm with you. I think some sort of portal, some, some sort of demonic equivalent of a mission they had something to accomplish they accomplished it over the course of this uh, you know what what was the whole span 60 years uh 67 years so they they had something to accomplish in 67 years and they did it uh, yeah that's i wonder what i don't know because it's kind of crazy like you would think something major else like something else major would happen Right, but like like you said, there was just an explosion. Thirty people more died, and then that was it. Right? Yep. That's everybody moved on. <laughs> right. Has anybody like investigated that spot? Do we know after the explosion and yeah, stuff? Yeah, people have went there, but like so, since there's nothing there, I mean, there's not much to do. I think it's oh man, it's either a field or part of a neighborhood now. I can't remember which one, but. Google Maps knows. If it was a field, I mean, that would be good to just go there and maybe do some EVP sessions at least, you know? Yep. Yeah, that's a pretty wild-ass story. I don't know how the fuck I'm going to top that, but I'm going to try. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to pass you this flashlight, hold it it under your (laughs) face, get all spooky. Oh, man. Spooky. (laughs) See, mine wasn't even... light down. Crazy. There we go. Oh, he's scary. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, shit. Now I got to put it back up there. (laughs) Oh, Lord. I don't know if y'all know this, but command strip Velcro strips are fucking awesome. All right. Well, Josh, are you ready to get your story? Yeah. So I found my story on Reddit, um, courtesy of Wispified. It's a story about when we, I'm going to call her Wisp just for namesake. The story is titled Our Bizarre Experiences with the Forest Behind Our House Eventually Forced Us to Move Out. Uh, when Wisp was eight years old, they moved into this house that was on the edge of a forest. The parents had doubts about buying the house because it was the backyard was bordered against this forest. They were more worried about wild animals getting into the bins and hurting the dogs or one of the kids wandering too far into the trees and getting lost, obviously. But the house was cheap. And Wisp's dad 
loved the seclusion. Wisp's mom loved the house itself. And Wisp and, their si- and the siblings were more excited about just getting to play in the backyard and exploring the woods. Their first sign that something wasn't right was that the dogs were absolutely terrified of this forest. They never went into the forest for any reason whatsoever. Um, even if you were playing with toys and throwing them back and forth, the dogs would run to the tree line and wouldn't go any further than that. They didn't care. And if, if one of the kids went into the forest, the dogs would pace around anxiously and wait for them to return. It got to a point where they started noticing the dogs would stare at one particular area in the tree line with obvious distress. Uh, they would be growling and barking and, you know, just overall freaking the fuck out. Wisp's brother tried carrying one of the dogs into the trees and the dog went ballistic, jumped jumped out of his arms and, and sprinted back to the house completely just panicked. If they were ever in the backyard when it was starting to get dark, they would hear noises like someone walking around or sticks crunching or branches being snapped or, or pushed aside. They would call out and would get no response whatsoever. They would shine flashlights and occasionally cl- uh, like catch glimpses of something kind of like stepping out of the scene, you know, away from the light or back behind a tree or, or, or something of that nature. It was at that point the parents was like, no, don't take your ass out in the forest. You can't go out there. <laughs> Even during the day, they were only allowed to go where you could still see the house. You couldn't go out of sight of the house. The sister's bedroom window looked out over the backyard and into the forest. And she remembers looking out one night and and seeing a shadowy figure standing right at the edge of the backyard. She says there was something wrong with it, uh, quite like it wasn't standing on the ground or it was a little too tall to be a person. Um, it was distorted. And she was convinced it was staring at her. So she called for her dad. Uh, saying that there was a man in the yard staring through the window, and Dad ran. He he runs outside, and he's out there to chase off whoever's out there. And she claims that the figure was still there until Dad's flashlight pans across the the backyard, and as soon as the light hits it, it's gone. There's nothing there. After this, they start regularly hearing knocking at the back door, like only at night. And no one was ever there. The parents obviously thought it was teenagers or, you know, something like that, just playing pranks. So they they actually quit bothering to open the door um, until one night and it was pouring rain and the knocking would not stop. It was incredibly persistent and agitated. Mom, being mom, points out that it might be somebody needing somewhere to stay to get away from the rain. But when she opens the door, there's no one standing there. Not only that, but there weren't, there were no wet footprints on the porch at the door. So the the knocking continued the whole time they lived in the house. It would happen for a few weeks and then stop for a couple of months. It was kind of a cycle. So it eventually just aggravated the parents so much that they installed security cameras. The camera wasn't useless at all. Um, they... About three years into living in this house, Wisp's brother started having night terrors and started sleepwalking. When he would sleepwalk, he always went out the back door and was always walking towards the forest. And mom, being mom again, being a light sleeper, always heard the door. She always ran after him 
and always would stop him just before he made it to the forest. So after the third or fourth time of this happening, the brother wanted to see the footage from the security cameras because he wanted to see how it looked. I guess how he slept, walk or, you know, whatever it looked like, you know, when he walks out, it shows him walking onto the porch and then stopping and talking to somebody. You could tell that from body language that he was being pulled and and like kind of forcefully guided towards the forest, more or less. So one night, this is and this is a different scenario. So one evening, the dad was in the backyard doing his thing, and he could hear the sister calling him from the forest, seemingly distraught. So thinking she had gone exploring in the forest and fallen and hurt herself or, or something like that, he ran in and started call, uh, calling for her, but realized it was already too dark. He couldn't see, so he runs back to the house to grab a flashlight, and the sister's sitting on the couch. At this time, like, dad didn't say anything. One night... Wisp is in the backyard and starts hearing mom's voice from the forest. This was a few months later, I think. Wisp says she didn't, she, he, I'm not sure who. Um, Wisp said that um, they didn't really question the fact that mom's voice was coming from the woods, even though they knew mom was in the house, which is kind of odd to me. I'm mean, like, oh, mom was in the house. I'm, I'm not fucking going out there. <laughs> right. It was very, like... It was mom saying, hey, my sweater is caught. I need some help. So it was like, you know, very like verbal. Come help me. As soon as Wisp walked into the forest, into the tree line, the dog started to bark. And then dad saw he came outside and called to me and I said he was helping mom. And he yells back that mom was inside and that I needed to run back to the house as fast as I could or as fast as she could. It was after that that the parents decided we're building a fence between us and these woods. And they started looking for a new house. The knocking comes back, and it is way more regular than it was before. And it got to the point where it wasn't just the back door anymore. It were the windows, the front door. It was all around the house. And it goes from knocking to scratches and, and scraping sounds at the fence line. Wisp Brothers' night terrors get worse. And one night, mom actually didn't hear the back door open. And it just so happened that he makes it to the fence line and he wakes up. And I'm assuming it's from the dogs barking. The last night they spend in the house, they actually wake up to the back door being open. Looking at the security cameras, it's, it's just the door opening, even though it was locked. Uh, so... I think that's kind of where our story concludes. So what do you guys think about that? I have the urge to go check all my doors. <laughs> fucking right. <laughs> Normally I wouldn't say this. I'm kind of glad I live in a neighborhood with houses all around me. <laughs> 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 now, I, I want to say, like, did she say, like, where they lived or, like, uh, if it was the United States or Ireland or somewhere like that, just nothing no. like that? No, it was none of that. Because I know the Fae. I want to bring up the Fae because everybody, for some reason, loved that episode. We we know that they can manipulate voices and stuff like that to lure, especially children, to like the water's edge. There are um, our Fae that do that, that will 
lure children and people to the water, drown them, lure them into the woods and have them disappear, right? I don't know too much about like the knocking or the whole like shadow being, I guess, just being there, but it it really seems fae related to me. Not going to lie, I really think this is a Wendigo kind of thing. Or maybe it is that the, the damn trees are haunted. I don't know, but I'm really screaming like Wendigo because of the voice manipulation and the image not quite being right, mm. you know. Uh, and I know that's a big thing with, with the Wendigo. It's like, yeah, it's a deer, but it's not quite a deer. I thought that was Skinwalker. Yeah, that, well, I guess it's essentially the same thing. I can see that. I can see that. I, in fact, I kind of thought Skinwalker with the voice changing, honestly. Yeah. You know, with the way it would um, manipulate the people's voice. And stuff like that, like, freaks me out. You know, if something could do that. Like, sometimes I wonder, like, at night, like, is there going to be, like, a knock on my door and my son is going to be up getting a glass of milk or something and hear, like, my voice be like, hey, Ben, I'm hurt outside. Come outside, open the door. Right. So this this might sound weird. And when I say this, I don't mean the movie versions that we're used to, but it sounds like a vampire to me because they they can do the calling. They can knock on your door, but they can't enter. Yeah. They can use the sort of mind control to lure you out and make you think you're hearing voices. And it would explain, you know, if it was... In the shadows, you know, they're shrouded in darkness to to seem distorted. I don't think I've ever even thought about the fact of vampires being real, but... Right. I mean, I, mean, that, I, I, I was hoping for season two to do a whole episode on vampires, because there's so many you get, <laughs> uh, psychic vampires and stuff like that. I thought that would be fun to touch on. But, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. You know, do you... But if they open the door, wouldn't it come inside? Essentially, they 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 can't unless they're welcome in. Yeah, they have to be welcome. So it could open the door, and that's what drew me away from being any other sort of cryptid because I think they would just go in and eat you. Uh, Yeah. But the vampires couldn't, and I'm assuming since it was a back door, because that's a big thing. Like, don't guys at home don't have welcome mats because then that welcomes those not not just vampires but. Spirits, entities, all that stuff that has to be welcomed in. You saying welcome out there lets them in. Oh, I so, want to get one that says go away. I, uh, <laughs> ours say welcome, but they're flipped backwards. Everyone comments on it. And I'm like, no, I welcome everything the hell out of my house, but not in there. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> get out. <laughs> but, uh, so assuming, because what you said right at the end, all the windows and the scratching and beating and all the doors, you know, they knew like, damn it. We need you to come out here into the woods so we can feed, but we can't yeah. come in. Like, we're going to do everything we can to get you out. Yeah. That, that's a possibility. Maybe that was the trying to lure the brother out there to lay like, hey, let us in the house. Mm-hmm. That could be it. And I'm, I'm going to correct myself. You are correct, Tommy. Um, skinwalkers are shamans that are turned dark side and are shapeshifters. Wendigos are humans turned into monsters because they ate human flesh. Oh, man. I guess I've just never, like, cut them in half to see, you know, what's what. Well, it's hard. You always you see the pictures them. of, yeah, right? <laughs> I cut their heads off and throw them in the fucking Pittsburgh. But, 
<laughs> but uh, you always see pictures. It's like, ah, oh, this is a Wendigo. And then you see a picture of a Wendigo. It looks the same. Or a, a, a shape or a skinwalker. And it's the same thing. And I'm like, I just kind of always stuck them together. But yeah. I think that has a lot to right. do with creepypastas mixing. And it, it probably the does. Pieces of it probably does. Of each one putting them together. Essentially yeah. creating a beast yeah. that we can't kill or even poop ourselves and rub it all over it, and they won't eat us. Yeah, right. <laughs> it 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 does make sense the sh- the, the skinwalkers are are shamans because if you see pictures of skinwalkers, they always usually always portrayed with a necklace on of of sorts like with bones on them or or something like that. Um, but dude, I I I got it. I never would have been like vampires, but. Like everything fits, everything fits. Do do you think we the reason we don't? Because, and this is a serious question: Do y'all believe vampires exist? Not in the sense that, like blood sucking Dracula type. Yeah, I, I don't know to be honest with you. Yeah, that's why I said not not Hollywood version at all. Like right through the years. Oh man, like for our last versions to be sparkly and going to high school yeah <laughs> no. stalk teenage girls when they're like a hundred and something years old and they're like yeah fight werewolves in their spare time you know yeah, yeah. you know yeah. how is that i want to know how that's romantic i'm sorry if i woke up and some girl even if i had a crush on her she was the hottest girl in school i wake up she's just staring at me like oh i'm sorry did i wake you i'd be like what are you doing in my room get out that's weird i don't want to see you again I wouldn't be like that. I, I probably would. I'm sorry. I don't like being woken up. <laughs> you don't know. You don't like being stared at. We get it. Just, well, it's a little weird. <laughs> I do. I have to admit, it, if I do, the way I would see vampires is more like Lestat from like Queen of the Damned. Good movie. You know, he, he's been alive forever, and he's figured out ways to live without luring people out you know what i mean it doesn't make sense for them to have to hide in the woods but um yeah it could very well be that you always have weird hermit people that run out in the woods so why couldn't a vampire be the hermit guy that lives in the woods you know so i think i'm i'm with you to a point but i think our current version i think at one point they'd have been like like Lestat, you know uh, yeah which shout out and rice love all the books, you know, Man. rest in peace there. But um, uh, think about the human body. No matter what the toxins or whatever it is from the vampire that turns you into a vampire that makes you immortal, eventually you're gonna go nuts. Yeah, you're something is gonna be off with you. So I think if they're real, at some point they stopped making other vampires, and they're out there decrepit, insane shell of a human monster like i don't think they are even going to be remotely human they're essentially dead now but yeah their body is immortal and their thirst is immortal and those tricks they still know how to use those because that's that's just survival you know all all species and animals you know stick with those certain things now i don't think you could ever hang out with them and have a conversation with them though now because right uh, it, it, just with today's society, it, there's no way I think they could be running around and. I don't know. I think just, with today's society, they probably could. Oh, they probably <laughs> be like, no, we can't. You know, they just have issues, and people will try to friend well, them. So I'm thinking more on the 
government side of it. Oh, no. The government totally took them out. But social-wise, we'd accept them. Even if they, they were a nice vampire sleeping in their coffin in their little house in a nice cul-de-sac, the government's eventually going to be like, bruh, your taxes don't make sense. That seems like you're switching identities. Like, they're, they're going to get them to a point like, hey, what are you doing? And they are going to have to just have a job and buy a new identity every fucking 40 years. And it would be a horrible existence as a vampire. Like, Well, I mean, if, if they know vampires exist, though, and like if, if, if the whole world knew they exist at that point, right, could they keep their identity and just be like, oh, yeah, I'm this person. You know, I knew your great grandmother. You know, I think if, if everyone accepted it, but I think we'd go back to. Not us. I think we'd be like, oh, cool. I, I want to be friends with it, dude. Give me some yes, of that yeah. vampire juice. I want to be right? immortal. Hell yeah. <laughs> Everybody but, talks about how awful it would be to be immortal, but I'm going to be honest with you. I think I'd be all right. I don't know. Like, I love my family. I love every, you know, I love, I love all y'all. If you died, I'd be like, well, yeah, you're dead. I love you, but you're dead. Like, you know what I mean? I know that sounds, it sounds really shitty for me to say it out loud like that, but. That's how my brain works. Like, I want to. I'll remember you how you were being alive, and that's that's what I like. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do. Now, once you're dead, you're dead. And I've I've said it a hundred times. Even though I can see and like seeing you guys on the recording, like I believe you're real. But when you're not there, I don't believe you're real people. I yeah. don't. It's. It, that's just how my brain works. Like, and I know you have your individual lives and then things happen, but it's like one of those things where my brain's like, well, it's just the story they made up. I got it's, it's dumb. I know it's, it's, it probably sounds crazy as hell. No, it's like you hear a story about somebody who lives in Washington and you don't really comprehend that at that moment that that happened, you were doing something else and somebody else was living a different life than you. Right. Yeah. I I like and it's it really kind of sounds like it's just my life revolves around me, which in a sense that's how my brain works. But uh, I think the immortality thing would be okay with me. And then again, it may not. I may get to a point where, like, I, like you said, I might lose my fucking mind and can't can't deal with something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it just crashes me. I mean, eventually, when I think when loved ones. Um, constantly around you because you'll be building relationships and you see the world change and in some ways at first it would be a horrible like I guess it would be a weird experience not really horrible but things would change in a way that you would make you uncomfortable yeah and with loved ones dying around you you know every few years or so especially if you turned and like medieval times or something, you know, people died constantly from battles, from plague, from just pooping in the wrong spot. You know, I think all that would wear on you and wear you down. And then when you see the course of change and then the fact that new generations disrespect what you went through in a way and what you experienced as horrible and stuff like that, Regardless of the time period, because we all do that. Even our generation, we look back at boomers and we make fun of them for being boomers and like they're destroying the world. And at the same time, we're doing the exact same thing. 
and we're guilty of it too. We're not setting the world up for progress in a, in a sense and all that, not trying to make it political or anything like, you know, talking about boomers oil and all that. I, I think it would wear on you just all that, just over time, like maybe not within the first hundred years, but maybe a thousand years. No, it very well could. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think Tommy's speaking from experience. I do too. Notice I didn't say anything. <laughs> I'm just sitting here like, you know, this is actually some wisdom from Tommy, which is rare. It's like, oh, that's what it is. <laughs> he do be having those facts, <laughs> even though we fact check him. Or you do. I just take it for what it is. He I do love history. the boomers, too. We, we found out the generation he's from now. Yeah, <laughs> medieval times. <laughs> he was back there when <laughs> Genghis Khan was cutting people's heads off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just saying, you know, and and the whole boomer thing is is like, you know, how they sit there and we complain about them as far as fossil fuels destroying the earth, and yet we want to go with electric cars, but we don't, we don't, normal people don't grasp the concept of electric cars and actually how much environmental impact it does to the earth. You know, rare earth minerals don't just peer out of nowhere, people. They have to be mined. And guess what you do? You strip mine, which means you go into forests and deserts and you dig big old holes and pull it out. And then you got to boil water to move a turbine. How do you do that? Heat. You don't want to use nuclear power, which is actually cleaner. Anyways, so... <laughs> yeah, we struck a nerve. Huh? I hate my generation sometimes. <laughs> Tommy's rant over. <laughs> I have to say, I said something about just one more thing on boomers. Said something about damn boomers. You know, just just some joke the other day, and Marshall heard me, and he's like, "Yeah, they suck." And I'm like, "What do you know about boomers?" And he's like, "They're the big fat zombies that explode at you and left for dead." Oh man! <laughs> so, yes. Wow. He's That's in there weird. thinking I'm complaining about zombies. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, they do suck, though, man. <laughs> right. Anyways, what were we talking about? Weird creatures in the woods. My ability to think that you guys are fucking NPCs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, to me though, that's that's a creepy thing, and I could get why people see woods as unsettling. Because, and I won't mention the trip we just recently took, but being in those woods at night, dark as hell. And the stuff that we noticed, and seen, that was unsettling. Those were a different type of woods, though. Yeah. Well, I mean. <laughs> it was weirdly calm at the beginning. I don't, I don't know if y'all had, I was, like, it was calm in the beginning. And then all of a sudden it was like, it got real, real quiet, and then that's when it was like something ain't right. Why is everything quiet? Yeah, yeah, it was, that was definitely something. But that will be for season two. It's wild to think we've done twenty five episodes of this, <laughs> right? I mean, it's it's been a heck of a ride. I've enjoyed it. I can't wait to start season two. But yeah, do do you think that being a story on Reddit, because uh, I'm not trying to discount their take or anything, right? Like, right. if they say it's true, I believe that they believe it's true. Right. But we also know that a lot of creepypastas now are being put on Reddit. Oh, yeah, I feel sure. 
Uh, and that's, that's one thing I hate is because I love a good creepypasta, but it's at a point where now you got to separate the creepypasta and the true story. Yeah. And try to find the difference. And I mean, some of them you can definitely tell. Now, this one, it seems to me like it, I feel like it's a true story. Yeah, I, I did too. That, dude, I dug through so many freaking stories. Like, you have no idea. Like, I've legit looked for stories almost every freaking day for the last, like, what, two weeks? Yeah. However long it's been. Yeah, two weeks or so. And I just, every story I read, I'm like, eh, 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 you know? And this one was like, I kind of, kind of dig it. I got this, that feels real. It feels like a real story. Plus, I think it talks to yours, because I know you have a thing about, like, kind of like me, like windows. I don't like windows open at night. Like, not windows, but blinds and stuff. I don't like them open at night. No. I have actually grown to be okay with that. Like, we open our back door. Yeah. And it's just a screen door. I'm like, well, whatever wants to come in can come on in. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I was like, uh, it's, it's unnerving to have, like, it be pitch dark and wondering if something's out there just staring at you. Yeah, and the uh, old LT makes sure that I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> well, Shane, what do you got going? Just listening to the ramblings? Oh, no, I was like, what the, what's the LT? <laughs> and then you thought about it's it. It's my rifle. <laughs> I was in there like, what? what is <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Old LT. But Appropriately no. named. I might add. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think I'm still at where I was. I think some form of a vampire. uh, Yeah. Some something. uh, Yeah, I was right there like, yeah, I thought it was a, oh, I called it a Wendigo, a skinwalker. Um, But the vampire thing, like, it could be. Definitely could be. Yeah. I know. I'm I'm kind of on like the the fae. It's I feel like it's fairies. Uh, that's just where I'm at on it. You know, you know, like I feel like it started off mischiefly and then it just became. Oh, come on, come into the forest. We have candy. Could be Bigfoot. I don't know. Could be mermaid <laughs> aliens. How close were they to the ocean? We need to know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Op, let us know. <laughs> right. Come on. Whispified. <laughs> come on. I guess we're all in agreement on that, and this is actually going to be the longest one we've ever done. Yeah, yeah. We, do y'all have anything y'all want to say for this season finale? My nipples look like milk duds. Let's edit that part out. <laughs> Why can't he have milk dud nipples? Yeah, what's wrong with that? Well, because it might it might offend people who don't like me. Okay. Oh. Well, oh, you, yeah. not all of us just have hair around our nipples, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, so <laughs> so you're coming at me with facts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, let's do this outro. I gotta pee. I'm gonna piss in my pants. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in tonight for the season finale of the Paranormal Minds of JST. Uh, so how long do you think? we're back what about a few weeks months something like that i don't know we'll be back when we'll be back just keep an eye out for us check us out follow us on social medias you know we got the twitters we got 
uh, Facebook, Instagram. We're working on the Tickety Talk, so check us out there. Uh, check out the YouTube channel. We're about to drop some uh, pretty big stuff on that too eventually, coming up with the season two. So stay tuned for that. And as always, tell us what you think. <laughs>